Open up your Bibles, Matthew chapter five. No one wants to open up their Bibles, got it. For those watching online, someone was like, no! Got it, love it. Um, open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter five. We'll be in verses 43 to 48. If you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible in the pew back in front of you. You can turn to page 811. We're in the series um, called the Sermon on the Mount. Um, not my, my title, it's what we find in the Bible. And it's Jesus's longest discord, meaning it's Jesus's longest sermon. And he's preaching, he's teaching to his disciples. And an um, interesting fact in this section, right? Um, Jesus is, is teaching to his people, his, his guys, the people who are following him. He's not preaching to um, unbelievers. Um, this sermon isn't for the unbelievers. The sermon is for the people who call Jesus Lord and Savior, submit to his lordship and kingship. This is um, to the people who are pursuing him, want to pursue him. These are the people who are part of his kingdom, who want to partake as citizens of his kingdom, right? Like, you don't have to be part of his kingdom um, if you don't want to. If you want out, you, you can get it out. Um, but this is what Jesus is saying to his followers. And he has an interesting message for us this morning. An interesting message, um, I think, that will bless our heart. So Matthew chapter 5, page 811 in the Pubeck Bible. Jesus' words. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Side note, verse 43 is a quotation of Leviticus 19. It's not a full quotation, meaning it's, it's, he's referring to the law in Leviticus 19, but there's a part that has been misconstrued, the part about hate your enemy. Verse 44, but I say to you, so these are just, this is Jesus' command to his citizens to his followers. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Last verse, verse 48. You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. So what's the main point of this passage? You ready? I'm gonna blow your minds again. Right, you're gonna get, this is like Harvard and Yale stuff that we're teaching here. Um, better than Harvard and Yale and Princeton and Cornell and all that. Here's some good stuff, ready? I'll wait for you to get your pens and iPads out. Here it is, ready? Jesus is saying, love your enemies. You laugh. But the reason why you laugh because it sounds true, it is true, and it's easier said than done, right? Like, when I say love your enemies, you're like, yeah, obviously, because we're Christians. I'm a believer. I'm supposed to love my enemy. But 
But do we actually do that? Like as followers of Jesus Christ, are we actually loving the people who are hostile towards us? Are we loving the people who do not love us? Are we loving the people that do not like us? Are we loving the people that we have an issue with or a problem with? Like, can we genuinely say that we have love for the other person? I would venture to say, uh, probably not. Right, like our culture, our world tells us, no, you, sh- you shouldn't have to love your enemies. In fact, right, you, you should hate your enemies. In fact, that's what they believed in those days too. See, Jesus is quoting Leviticus 19, but, but in Leviticus 19, it doesn't say you should hate your enemy. Leviticus 19 says you shall not take vengeance or bear grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. This is, this is what Jesus is saying, that we should love the people that do not love us back. So a good question to ask, right? To, to bring clarity to this passage, who is our enemy? Now you're thinking, oh, the devil and Satan, uh, demons, those are our enemy. Yeah, we're not, we don't love we don't love him. Um, the, there isn't like an emotional tie to him. But, but who is our enemy, right? Like, I think what, what Jesus is pointing to here is the, it's the people who, who are hostile to us, right? People who want to hurt us, people who want to see us destroyed, people who seek vengeance on us, people who want to retaliate on us. The people that we are to love are the people who absolutely hate us. Who, this is not your enemy. The enemy is, is, is not the person who doesn't agree with you politically. That's not your enemy. If you think that's your enemy, you need to go read your Bible. That's not your enemy. Your enemy is not the person who disagrees with you ideologically ideologically. Your enemy is not, not the person sitting next to you. Your enemy, it isn't the person, your coworker, who you absolutely think is obnoxious. Right? The, the enemy that, that Jesus is talking about, and if you think about it, is the people who are the most hostile to you. Now, you probably don't want to have a lot of enemies if that's where we're going to categorize it. But the principle still applies, right? The principle applies to every single one of us, true followers of Jesus, right? Who is the person that there's animosity, there's hostility, there's division, there's, there's something separating you two from having a genuine relationship that honors the Lord, right? Like you can have a relationship with people that, that you do not like or they don't like you in a godly way. You don't have to like them, but you gotta love them. Who, who's that for you? Because our culture and our world says the person that you should hate is the person who doesn't agree with you. The person you should hate is the person that doesn't accept you and all that you have and all the things that you're thinking about. The, the, the world says the person that you should hate is the person who doesn't vote the way you vote. That's the person you should hate. Or the person who doesn't think like you. 
The person that you should hate is the person that doesn't accept you and, and, and the person that doesn't like lift you up and build you up and make you feel so good about yourself. That's what the world says, right? The world says, hate those people. The people that you surround yourself with, it should be the people that are accepting and, and always affirm everything about you and that they're always making you feel good. They're always making you feel happy. That's the people you should love. That's the people that you should show affection to. That's the people you should seek their highest good. No, Jesus is saying, hey, listen, the person that you need to love is the person who is most hostile to you. That's the sermon right there. God's design for mankind has always been to be relational, to be intimate, to be loving and kind. And what sin has done, it's distorted it, right? It has made us think, right, that, that we should hate our enemies. We should hate people who do not love us. We should hate people who are against us. We should hate people who don't accept us. We should hate people that don't agree with us. And Jesus is saying the total opposite. And who is Jesus talking to, right? He, he's talking to the people who have misinterpreted the law, right? Because in Jesus' day, who were the people who hated the most? Were, it were the religious leaders, right? Like the religious leaders didn't love the people. In fact, the religious leaders only loved themselves, right? They, they only cared about themselves. They only sought the highest good for themselves. The religious leaders didn't care about the poor. They didn't care about their own people. They hated the Roman government. They hated any other government. They hated the Samaritans, the Phoenicians. They hated everybody who wasn't like them. And Jesus is, is targeting them and saying, listen, you, the professional Believers, the professional religious leaders of this day are the people who should be loving and you're not. Like I said, this is an easier sermon to say, but like, what does this actually look like for us? Can I be honest with you? I don't, I don't want to love people who don't love me back. Because why? There's nothing for me to gain. Right? The, the reason why it's so easy for us to love people who love us back is because it's reciprocal, right? Like we, we get something out of it. They love us, we love them. They care for us, we care for them. They hang out with us, we hang out with them, right? They, they give me, I give them. That, that, that's why it's easy for us to love each other, the people who like us, because it's reciprocal. You receive something. It's a give and take. And Jesus is saying, no, I, I want you to love your enemy. I want you to love the person who hates you because you don't get anything in return. It's not like they're gonna love you back. There's no promise in this passage that says, hey, when you love them, if you love them, if you reconcile with them, here's what's gonna happen. Rainbows and butterflies are gonna pop up in the sky and you're gonna feel so good about yourself, right? Like everything's be, gonna be okay. Your feelings are not gonna get hurt. Your feelings are going to be protected and you're going to feel so good about yourself. No, that's not what Jesus is promising. Jesus is saying, hey, listen, I want you to do this. I want you to love. So who's our enemy? Our enemy are the people who are hostile to us, the people who want to see us hurt, destroyed, persecuted, suffering. In this passage, particularly, 
speaks to the people around the world, missionaries and Christians who, who live in hostile nations, right? I think about the Christians in Muslim world. I think about the Christians, right, in, in foreign, in foreign um, villages and, and areas where it's not accepted to be a Christian and, and they're persecuted for their faith. And Jesus is telling them, hey, just because you're an indigenous people and, and, and you've come to faith by a missionary or missionaries because you're doing really awesome work, that doesn't mean that you get an exemption from hating, from loving the people that you serve, from loving the people that you're with. Jesus is saying, you gotta, you gotta love them. You gotta love them. And, and we have to answer that question. What, what is the love that he's talking about um, in, my, in my flesh when I was reading this passage and <laughs> when I was studying this passage, that there was a song that came up in my mind. You guys, my, I don't know who sings it. Well, they told me in the first service, so I know now who sings it. But um, it's a song that says, what does love got to do, got to do with it? You know it, stop playing. At least in the first service, they finished it off for me. You guys are apparently holy and reverend. Right, I, kept the, I don't know why I kept thinking of that song, right? But, but the, 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 idea, the, the idea is true in this point. What, what does love got to do with this? And Jesus is saying, no, love has a lot to do with this. And, and what is the type of love that Jesus is talking about? There's three types of loves that we see in the New Testament and in the Greek, right? Everybody know the three types of love. How many of you know it? Come on, you do. Right? You know the three types of love? All right, okay. The three types of love in the Bible, um, this is not a love series, so don't get carried away for you romantic people. Um, there's, there's one type of love, um, and the love that, that we see in the New Testament is, you see it um, among, among like um, family, like you love the way you love your children, the way you love a friend, the way you love um, you know, someone you really care about. Right? Then, then there's another type of love. It's a romantic love. It's the passion. It's the desire. Right? I'm sure many of you who've been married 20 plus years, you still look at your spouse. You're like, I love you. Right? I just, oh my, the nose hair is growing out, but I still love you. And, right? You are still for 20 years. You're still doing that same thing, but oh, I love you so much. Right? That's that passion, that romantic love. That's the love that we see on Netflix, I think, maybe. Um, then, um, then there's a different type of love. This is the popular love that we, we know, right? It's, you've heard of this Greek word before, is agape. How many of you know the word agape, right? Uh, agape, this is a definition that I, I found. It's not mine. But, but agape love, it's like to seek the highest good for someone else. Right, so that's not my definition, but if you want a definition of what the love Jesus is talking about in this passage, he's talking about agape love. It's, it's to seek the highest good of someone else, for someone else, right? It's to see their goodwill, to see their, their, their care. It's to see that they, they have everything that they need to be, to be successful in, in life. And Jesus is saying, get this, Hey, this agape love is not just reserved for your children who you think are going to be the next NFL quarterback or the next baseball player, right? This, this love is not just for your spouse 
or your cousin or your nice neighbor. No, no, no. The love that you need to have, the love that you need to show, right? This is not a feeling now. This is an action. The love that you need to show is love to seek the highest good of the person who hates you, the person who's hostile to you. How crazy is that? That Jesus is saying to you and me, the person that you need to love, the person that you need to seek their highest good is the person that doesn't want anything to do with you. In fact, if they could, if they could meet you or they can see you in person, they will strangle you. If it, was against the, if it wasn't against the law, they will hurt you really bad. And Jesus is saying, guess what? Love them. The principle applies. The person that you haven't spoke to in the ABF for 20 years you need to love them. The person that, that has hurt you really hard and you switch service times because you want to avoid them is the person that you have to love. The person that likes to spread rumors about you on Facebook and demean you is the person that you need to love. Oh, the family member that you're not too crazy about that's always acting up. The son or the daughter that you're, you're in that season where like, you are my son, you are my daughter, but I don't like you. In fact, if I saw you less, I would love you more. That Jesus is saying, yeah, you, you gotta love them. You have to show that agape love. You have to seek their highest good. Now, now, this is what Jesus is not saying either. Jesus is not saying this agape love is that, that whatever the person that wants to be um, hostile towards you, to hurt you, manipulate you, like you don't, give them, you don't give them just like an open door to do whatever they want to say whatever they want, right? Like this is not like, because we're not pacifists, right? We're not saying, Jesus is not saying, hey, like, because they hate you, then, then they're allowed to, to do whatever they want to you. No, no, that's not what Jesus is saying. He's not saying that at all. He's not giving, he's not giving us um, a license to tell the person who hates us, hey, you can, you can do whatever you want to me. You can hurt me and harm me. No, no, that's not what he's saying. But what he is saying is that, that you ought to seek their highest good. And actually, he gives us an example. This is one simple example. And, and like you're going to look at it, you're going to be like, really? That's what we have to do? Yes, that's what we have to do. Look with me. Look at verse 44. How can you agape, how can you show love to your enemy, to the person who's hostile to you, the person who is persecuting you, or the person that hates you with everything in their power? This is what Jesus says. Verse 44, but I say to you, love your enemies. And what? Say it out loud. Pray. Pray for who? Pray for those who persecute you. Want to know how you love someone? that hates you is you pray for them. And what are you praying for? You're praying that God, God would extend grace and mercy to them, that God would be faithful to them, that God would open up their hearts, open up their minds, give them clarity of mind to reconcile, to, to come together again. Or you pray for their good. God, I don't, I don't know what you're doing I don't know how you're gonna do it, but, but I'm going to trust you with this situation. 
the, the person that hates me the most, um, I'm going to ask you, God, to, to bless them. Even when I want them to hurt as much as I'm hurting. Right, like, that's how you show love. By saying to them, hey, God, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to, to pray for them. I'm going to seek their highest good. Let me give you a couple of reasons why we should love really quickly. For one, this is quite simple. And it's quite easy. But I think this is the one that we glance over really quickly. The reason why we should love our enemies is because Jesus tells us to love our enemies. Right? When I was a kid, I was always a good kid. And I always obeyed and listened, and I was never sarcastic, ever, to my parents. But for some reason, my parents, did, they thought I was sarcastic. Anyway, so when they thought I was sarcastic and I wasn't sarcastic, kind of, maybe, um, I would always ask my parent, my dad, um, this question. My, my dad would say, hey, you need to go get dressed to go to church. You need to go do the dishes. You need to clean up your room. You need to go take a shower. You need to, you smell, you, you need to go bathe, seriously. Um, he, here's when my response was always, because I was, I wanted to learn so much about the world. I always said to dad, why? And with every strength he had to muscle up, not to just whack me. And I use that term really loosely. Um, my dad would respond this way, why? Because Y is a crooked letter. Get it? No, okay, you don't. Um, the letter Y is crooked, like, you know. Oh, wait, wait. There you go, right? So, so he didn't give me a reason why. Right? My dad didn't tell me, hey, here's why you should do this. He, most of the time, he just expected obedience. This is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is not telling us why we should love, right? I mean, he'll give us some examples of why we should do it throughout scripture, but, but, but this ain't one of those questions that you ask, right? Like, we love our enemies because he's commanding us to do it, right? Verse 44 says, love your enemy. So if Jesus commands us to do something, our rightful response to Jesus is what? Obedience. For his glory and our good, I don't know how that's good for me. I don't know how that's good for you to love your enemy. But when Jesus says we should love our enemy, we probably should do it. Because he said so. Because no, he knows what's best. I think the second reason why we should love our enemies is I think of ourselves. I think of the time before you and I were believers. I think of the time where you and I decided that we knew what was best for our lives and severed the relationship that we had with God. I think about us when, when we sinned with Adam and said, listen, your laws are not that great, but our laws are really good. And what was Jesus' response? What is God's response to people who are enemies of him? We were his enemies. We were the ones who decided to, to reject him, his law, his plan for our lives. What was, what was his response to us? Love. 
His response to his enemies. We made ourselves enemies against God. His response to us is love. When they were crucifying him, what did he do? Nothing. When they said crucify him, what did he say? Nothing. When his own people rejected him, right? Like think about it. The people that shot at Hosanna were the same people that said crucify him, right? Think about that. What did Jesus do? He continued down the path of love by dying on the cross for our sins. So, so why should we love our enemies? Is because you and me were enemies of God at one time before we knew him. And he still loved us, right? Think of Romans chapter five. What does Romans chapter five says? While we were Christ, what? Right, notice what the passage says. It doesn't say Christ died for us when we came to faith. It doesn't say that Christ died for us when we decided, we accepted, we chose to, to pursue God. Right? It doesn't say, oh, when we decided that he died. No, he died for us while we were sinners, while we were against him, while we separated ourselves from him couple of reasons why I think we should love our enemies. We see this in verse 46 and 47. Look at verse 46 and 47 with me. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? So who were the, probably the most reviled people in Jesus' time? Who were they? Tax collectors. Why? Because tax collectors were Jewish people who, who were loyal to the Roman government and who who took taxes, overtaxed the people, gave the Roman government a cut, and took a cut for themselves. So the, the most hated people in Jesus' time, or one of the most hated people in Jesus' time, were tax collectors. And what is Jesus saying? Hey, listen, if the people that you think are the most hated people, right, the people that you dislike the most, if they are able to love, then you can love too. In other words, right, like, like, if an unbelieving world is able to show love, to seek the highest good for each other, then you as a believer in Jesus Christ can surely seek the highest good to the people who hate you. That's a powerful testimony. That's an indictment on us. Right? Especially when we live in a world where the where unbelieving world looks at us and says, you guys are a bunch of fools. You guys talk about marriages, but your marriages are just as broken as ours. You talk about the sanctity of life, but you look at the way you treat each other. You talk about unity and love, and yet there are divisions in the church. There are people who won't talk to each other. There are people who will ignore each other because of some tiff that they had 20 years ago. There are people who avoid each other in the church because they don't like what they said or did. There are people who, who won't have reconciliation and, and won't have unity in the body because of some past hurt. And the world, lo the world looks at us and says, you look just like us. Why would we ever be part of you? You can't even forgive each other. And you guys call each other's brothers and sisters in Christ and you can't forgive, you can't let it go. And you're going to tell me that I need forgiveness? You're going to tell me that I need forgiveness from God? Who are you to talk? Jesus is saying in this passage, right? If the world can love, and think of the most hated person 
in the world. And for them, it was a tax collector says, if, if they can love, so can you. And Jesus is also saying there's a reward. What's the reward? I don't think there's a, a reward as far as like, hey, you get into the kingdom of God if you love your enemies. That's the way in. No, no, that's not the way into the kingdom of God. But Jesus says, if you are part of the kingdom of God, you love. And then you think of the Beatitudes, right? Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So what's the reward? The reward is Jesus. That's your reward. It isn't feeling good about loving your enemies. It isn't feeling good about yourself. Your reward is Jesus. That's what you get. That, that's who you get. You get Jesus and everything that comes with him. You get a life with Jesus, right? You want to be part of the kingdom? You got to be citizens of the kingdom. You got to look like Jesus. And, and this is not a works-based salvation thing that we have going on. But, but when you love, you, you get a reward and it's Jesus. Here's another reason why you should love. Verse 48. If you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. What is Jesus saying here? Right? Here, here's a reason why I think you should love your enemies. Quite simple. It's because God loves. God the Father loves the Son. God the Son loves the Holy Spirit. They all love each other. It's a love fest. And if they're able to love, and they are able to, and God is one, love us. His people who run away from him all the time. If the triune God is able to love us then we can love perfectly like him. Now, he's not talking about a sinless um, perfection, right? He's not talking about without sin. He's talking about a holistic sense, right? He, he's talking about a complete sense, right? He's saying here is that you should love because this is who we are. This is what we do. This is a, a mark of a true citizen of the, of the kingdom of God, a person who loves the person who hates them, a person who loves the person who is who reviles them. That is true love. That is, that is real love. You love because he loves. And because he loves, we're able to love. And, and if you're thinking to yourself, oh, how do I do this? Well, this is the way it's done. It's done by the power of the Spirit. So you're off the hook in that, that, that the love that you have to show comes from the Holy Spirit, but, but there's a response, right? You have to be obedient to when he calls you to do it, how to do it, when to do it. My question for you this morning, who is your enemy that you have to love? Right, I'm at, we know this passage is talking about people who are being persecuted, these are people who are hostile, but, but in some sense, right, like who is your enemy? Who, maybe, maybe it's not just an enemy, but maybe it's just somebody who doesn't like you or Who's the person that needs to be shown love? Jesus' command here is, why don't you pray for them? And I want you to love them. Let's take a moment and pray. I want you to ask the Lord 
to show you who is the person that you need to love. Who are the people that you need to love? Who are the people that you need to be reconciled to? Maybe you don't have enemies. But maybe, you, maybe you've been hostile to someone else or maybe you've, been, you've had some animosity towards someone else. Maybe there's unsettled business that you have with someone else. Why, why don't you, in this moment, ask God to change your heart and your mind. Whatever the issue is, surely God is bigger than that issue. And God can transform that problem. He can change it. So ask the Lord to help you to do it and then go do it. God, when we're tempted to be angry and bitter towards people who don't like us or God, when we tend to be tempted to to want to hate people who don't think like us or people that we believe hate us, God, would you remind us of this word that we ought to love them, we ought to seek their highest good, we ought to pray for them, we ought to to find opportunities to serve them, not to allow them to abuse us, but God, an opportunity for them to see you in us, an opportunity to see you in the way you've loved us when we were hateful and angry and your enemy. God, and if there needs to be reconciliation and restoration and forgiveness, God, would you allow that to happen? Would you give us a spirit of humility to do it as a testimony of your faithfulness? We pray this in Christ's name and the people of God say. This has been a message from the chapel in Akron, Ohio. Thanks for joining us today. Our Sunday morning services are at 9 and 1040 a.m. You can join us online for our services by going to akronlive.thechapel.life. For more information about the chapel, please visit our website at thechapel.life.